Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. Hi, Todd. How's it going, Dr. Wiggle? Pretty good. Yeah? I would like to talk today about mindfulness. Mm. Are you feeling mindful? Are you feeling zen? Sure. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, I guess for some a, reason. That's a pretty mindful answer, I guess. Yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> okay, so mindfulness, uh, pretty trendy topic these days. I feel like it's, uh, it's hard to go more than a few minutes online without seeing some kind of article in your feed or some search result on, on Google about mindfulness and mm-hmm. how mindfulness um, can be really helpful. And I, so I have a lot of clients who come in asking about mindfulness. Um, and so I thought it'd be an interesting topic for us to kind of bat around a little bit and get the perspective of, um, well, what do two practicing psychologists think about mindfulness, both in terms of what it is exactly and whether it's, um, whether and to what extent it's useful in the context of therapy and mental health and, um, you know, the kind of struggles that a lot of our clients have. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of my, um, my broad introduction, but what do you, what do you think about mindfulness? Like, do you, is that something you, you think a lot about something you do, something you use in therapy? Um, when the it, word mindfulness comes to mind, what, um, you know, it's, it's not, I mean, I do use it. Um, and I think, um, yeah, it, it is something I, 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 I talk and discuss, uh, with clients from time to time, but it's not a focus of my mm-hmm. therapy usually. So wh- what does mindfulness mean to you? Like what's a, you don't have to define it exactly, yeah, but yeah. like when you think of mindfulness, what is that? When you talk to your clients about it, how do you explain what mindfulness is? I, I use it as kind of drawing focused attention on something useful, something helpful. Um, drawing focused attention on something useful or helpful. Or, or okay. something we're trying to work on in treatment. For example, um, I may have a client who struggles with rumination, let's say, mm-hmm. um, and helping that client, um, identify rumination and, and its effect and its impact on their mood, maybe rumination being thinking over and over again about yeah, past this mistakes real repetitive or thought faults, pattern so, yeah. where there's a lot of negative judgmental, uh, judgmental kind of critical stuff going on. Um, that, that, that's really habitual. Um, oftentimes I'll, I'll kind of, uh, ask patients to identify the rumination, stop ruminating and become mindful maybe of what, um, behaviors they can engage in maybe, or, or draw attention to, uh, specific, um, outcomes or goals that they'd want in their life. Mm -hmm. So it's a way to just kind of, for me, I use it as kind of a way to draw attention to specific things, actions, behaviors, emotions, thoughts, um, that can be functionally useful to my clients. Yeah. Um, so one, one thing that one question I would have in, in that is what it sort of implies is that rumination is not mindful. Um, but, but that's a little strange because I, I mean, I generally associate mindfulness with thinking, you know, and, and rumination is certainly a form of thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting that, um, but obviously those two things aren't the same. Mindfulness doesn't, doesn't mean just thinking. No. And in, in fact, I would say that, um, yeah, rum- uh, mindfulness would be different than rumination, although although um, rumination, you may have focused attention on something. I would say it's habitual okay. and not functional. And and mindfulness is thinking that is um, intentional rather than habitual. Intentional. And? 
and in the in in the way I use it has some sort of um, outcome that we want, basically. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Some kind so of desired outcome. Instead of ruminating on um, how how big you screwed up that presentation at work and how crummy of an employee or employee you are and how you're probably going to get fired, and you could shift to thinking about um, you know that the vacation you're going on this weekend and how much you're going to enjoy that. And yeah, um, and that that would be maybe a distraction technique or of mindfulness, maybe. But um, I might draw attention to. Um, their emotion of frustration, maybe that they didn't do well mm. on the presentation. Okay. And what could they do to improve that presentation, improve the next their performance the next time they present, um, or or even even look at what that emotion of frustration means to them, mm. right? What, what does it mean to be frustrated? And um, to hopefully draw attention to that emotional experience that that can be informative to their life rather than just this kind of run-on, um, ruminatory, hmm. um, I'm going to beat, kick my own ass kind of okay. thing. So there's a, it's, it's not necessarily just thinking something different. It's what you seem to be suggesting is it's, it's thinking about what's going on in your own mind. You're, you're, what you're saying is you're right. realizing that you're asking them to realize, okay, I'm doing this one kind of thinking, rumination. Right. Do I really want to keep doing that? Um, what's that going to get me? How am I feeling right, right now? Right? Like, w- w- is there some other direction I want to be going with my with my thoughts or with my behavior? Right. Right. Okay. What does this emotion mean? I do a lot of um, psychoeducation with my clients about emotions and what they what they signify to us, what they what they um, communicate to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used this kind of dashboard metaphor for emotions for a long time now on this podcast. So. Um, yeah, I kind of view emotions as kind of, um, they're, they're, they're signals. That's all yeah. they are. They're just signals for you to use, hopefully, uh, to improve your life. Yeah. I like th- this way of thinking about mindfulness too. What it, what it kind of exposes is this kind of this pretty strange idea actually that you, you can be thinking without being particularly aware of what you're doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like just like you can be, have a physical habit, right? Like you can, when you drive to work you've done it so many times you're not thinking of every time you put the blinker on or every time you turn the steering wheel this much it's it's pretty automatic what you're doing right. is pretty you're not very aware of it right maybe you're aware of the song that's on the radio or the podcast you're listening to but you're not aware of that physical habit of driving to work which you know really really well right and people with depression or anxiety often um develop patterns of thinking that are definitely not helpful well not helpful but also they're just as automatic Right, they're habits and kind of mindless. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, you right. don't you don't need to um, explicitly will them to start happening. They just kind of kick in, and then before you know it, you've been ruminating or worrying mm-hmm. now for an hour and a half. Nothing's changed. Right, um, you you feel awful. Um, and and yeah, was it was it an active thing? Were you focused mm-hmm. on that? Yeah, but I think if you took a step back, which is I think. In a really simplistic way, I think that's what mindfulness is. Yeah. It's kind of taking a step back from your thoughts and feelings and, and just kind of observing them functionally. So that's, I, I was I was just about to run by my definition of mindfulness for you and see if you agree. Please do, please do. And I, I th- it sounds like it's, it's lining up pretty close. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I know, I was looking for an argument, but <laughs> trying to pick a fight, but I don't know if I'm going to get one. So my definition of mindfulness is awareness without thinking 
Okay. So it's the it's the ability to be aware of what's going on. It could be what's going on in your vi- environment. It could be what's going on with your own thoughts. It could be what's going on with how you feel physically. It could be of what how you're feeling emotionally. But it's the ability to step out of thinking, especially habitual thinking, and to simply be to simply observe and be aware. And when you can do that, that allows you to do other types of thinking or other types of behavior or to notice other sorts of things. Mm. It, it's, it's the thing that allows you to escape from habitual behavior, whether it's mental or physical. It introduces options. Yes. So it's, but fundamentally it's about, it, it's realizing that you can be, if the broad category is consciousness, thinking is a particular version of consciousness. You know, you're, you're thinking about what you want for breakfast or you're thinking about that mistake you made yesterday. But you can actually you can actually stop thinking and just be aware. You can notice, oh yeah, okay, I was thinking that. My muscle, my shoulders feel tense, right? That's anger, right? The, it's raining now. Mm-hmm. You can just observe. And it's like a different mental gear that you can, go, that you can shift into, which is surprisingly hard because we spend a lot of our days in thinking mode, in that gear, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of... Mm-hmm problem solving, analyzing, mm-hmm. judging, interpreting, comparing. Mm-hmm. That's all kind of one active thinking mode. Right. Um, and it can be very habitual. But m- to me, mindfulness is the ability to shift out of that thinking gear, even just really temporarily, and just observing and saying, hey, what's going on here? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah, the we- ability to observe without thinking. <laughs> and, and maybe you very quickly end up thinking about, you decide to start thinking about something else. Then you're back into thinking, maybe you're into a more productive line of thinking. Yeah. But the, the necessary first step is you got to be aware that you're in this unhelpful habit. And that requires being able to observe what's going on without necessarily thinking about it. Yeah. And I think there's lots of researchers out there. on. So my definition or, or how I use mindfulness, I think would be different from lots of other researchers. Because I think your definition of observation is probably more in line with a lot of other people's definition of, of mindfulness. That it's just, it's mostly just an observational exercise. Mm-hmm. Really just observing your your thoughts, your your feelings, your emotions without any kind of assessment analysis, anything yes. like that, without kind of active or, or mentally activating kind of work on those things. It's just yes. purely observation. It's non-effortful or, or work mm-hmm. kind and of so aware. It's just awareness. The way I use it, that, that actually might be close to the way I use it. Then I add the other step, which is maybe more active, which is um, uh, to look at how your experience um, could be used for your gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think back to, you know, to introduce another car metaphor. <laughs> if you, uh, if you all of a sudden see uh, flashing red lights and a siren in your rear view mirror mm-hmm. and you, you realize like, oh, that's a cop. Like right. You weren't aware of how you were driving, but all of a sudden you realize there's a police officer behind you. Right. Then you look down and you're realizing, oh my gosh, I'm, go- I'm going 50 and I'm in a school zone. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that awareness then allows you to shift into a different gear. Like then you can downshift and start going a lot more slowly. Right. Right. And that, that new gear, that, that's like a different kind of thought, right? That's going from rumination to 
how, what could I do differently? Like what would be a more productive way of acting? Right. But you, there's that intermediary step of just being aware of what I'm doing at all. Right. And, and you can't shift until you have that awareness. Mm-hmm. And so to mm-hmm. me, mindfulness is, it's the ability to make that leap to go, Hey, what am I actually doing? Yeah. And if you can do that, it opens up a whole nother range of possibilities, many of which are m- more helpful, right. Than something like rumination or worry or mm-hmm. habitual mm-hmm. ways of thinking. Right. Well, I, I, I like that. I'm, I, I, the traditional kind of form of mindfulness, um, or, or sometimes when I hear people talk about mindfulness, it's a very, um, um, the first connotation I get is kind of hippie-ish, right? Yeah, it's woo-woo. It's yeah. kind of new agey. <laughs> yeah, it's new like... agey. It's, it's, it's a little odd. And even, you know, and I'm just not that not that kind of guy. So <laughs> I have a hard time talking about mindfulness. We use terms. car metaphors on this podcast. <laughs> a lot of car golf. Oh, that hippie yeah. bullshit. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I can recognize the, uh, the, the role of mindfulness and, and uh, the importance of mindfulness in increasing insight, personal insight into your behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think just by observing yourself, your thoughts, your emotions, there's a lot to be learned there. Yeah, and that's I think of it as it's a very ordinary, even mechanical kind of thing. To to me, mindfulness. Well, mindfulness really it's just about training your attention better. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. about being able to shift your. If you find that your attention and your thinking is in a particularly unproductive or negative gear, all mindfulness means is you're able to notice that and then shift to something more helpful or yeah. productive. Yeah. So there's nothing mystical or mysterious about it. It's just your attention is, it's, it's one of your cognitive faculties. Yeah. Right. Most of us just don't exercise it at all. We just, it, our attention just goes with whatever kind of stimulates us, mm. whatever pops up in our Facebook feed or whatever thought jumps into our head. We just end up following it and thinking about it. Mindfulness just me, it, it's just, it's teaching ourselves that we can, we don't have to just go with the flow with what our mind throws at us. You can notice that and pause and go like, hmm. That's interesting. And if you do that, you pause, you're aware, it allows you, if you want, to choose something different, to put your attention somewhere else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a super important skill, especially for people who have like depression and anxiety, which are just r- sort of like the hallmark of those is really negative thought patterns, right. rumination and depression and worry and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, everyone, people who don't struggle with anxiety, for instance, say, well, just stop worrying about it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If only it were that easy. Right. But, yeah. but in some ways it's, it's basically true. The problem is our muscle for shifting our attention and keeping it focused somewhere else is really, really weak. We, we don't exercise that muscle very often. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's what mindfulness is. It's practicing, noticing your attention going in one direction and shifting it somewhere else. Right. And, that, and that's just, it's, again, there's nothing mysterious. There's nothing like esoteric or mystical about that. Yeah. So uh, I- interestingly enough, I had a client uh, this morning who um, had an assignment to do some mindfulness exercises and it was around worry. There's there's some anxiety around um, her friends not inviting her to do things, her friends not calling her, her friends, you know, and, and there was a lot of anxiety and worry about her, her value, right? Mm what her friends thought of her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. So I asked her the next time she kind of found herself worrying if she could just kind of back up and observe her thoughts, right? Just be mindful about the worry mm-hmm. and, and just kind of observe, 
uh, the train of thoughts that her her mind was kind of going through, right? So um, that was the last time we met today. She she reported, you know, that during this kind of observation, um, she was able to observe that all of these thoughts led her to feel uh, less valuable among her peer group mm. and less likely to reach out to them. And, and it was in that observation that she found, wow, the behavior I engage in as a result of this worry tends to absolutely not get me what I want. Yeah. Right? It's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And so she said, you know what? You know, maybe I can try a different behavior. When I feel this way, maybe I can reach out. Maybe I can, you know, uh, contact my friends. Maybe I can focus on my behavior rather than theirs and uh, see how that goes. Um, and she's she reported just some really amazing kind of um, emotional benefits to that mm. maneuver. But she definitely reported it as a result of kind of just kind of watching her thoughts and then later kind of thinking about, well, hmm, that doesn't seem to be working for me. Um, what else could I do? Because mm-hmm. um, these thoughts tend to lead me to disengage. Um, and that, that was the interesting part of the assignment was to, to observe her thoughts and then observe her mood and then what kind of behavior she might engage in afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a really easy exercise for her where she was able to kind of discover um, how her thoughts were impacting her, her mood and her behavior and her overall goal of socializing and being among the peer group. Um, and she was able to just really clearly see this is not getting me where I want to go. Yeah. So, kind of a good example of how mindfulness can be used. Totally. To, it's yeah. kind of real world benefit. Yeah. Depre- and who, whether you know, whether or not you have depression or anxiety or anything else, all of us have unhelpful mental habits and patterns that we find ourselves falling into from time to time. I don't, I don't know how many times I've used mindfulness myself and realized you're frustrated for no reason at all, <laughs> right? To be mindful and go... Why am I thinking that? Why why am I feeling this way? And to go, actually, man, I have no idea. This doesn't bother me a bit. You know, this doesn't <laughs> zero. So I'm often kind of surprised at, you know, maybe a habitual emotion yeah. pattern or a habitual thought pattern that I'm just not attending to. And once I attend to it, it kind of almost evaporates sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to, maybe this is a little obscure, but I think there's an important distinction. And that example is, is, a good, is a good example of this distinction, which is there's this term in psychology called metacognition, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which basically is thinking about your thinking. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you say, um, I realize like I'm frustrated for no reason. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I, maybe this is nitpicky, but I would say that part of it isn't mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness was the thing that helped you step back and go, right, huh. Right. And then you shifted into a different form of thinking, thinking right. about your thinking, right. evaluating that particular thought. Right. But I, I think that's a subtle but important difference that mindfulness is just the stepping back and observing. Right. And and that allowed you to have what we call cognitive flexibility. Right. You were in one kind of line of thinking and you, you changed that line of thinking. Yeah, the mindfulness allowed me to see um, the lack of whatever it was. The mindfulness, yeah, you're right, is that first step of just being able to observe, oh, I'm really upset here. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then to even say, well, what is it that's upsetting me? And then to take that moment. Um, that, that would have been the mindfulness part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's important because I think while... There are a lot of situations where 
thinking differently about something is really helpful, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like taking a different perspective on things or, or challenging your first thought. Like right. just because your first thought is my friends don't like me anymore doesn't mean it's true, right? right? And you can kind of question that thought and well, actually there's plenty of evidence that they really like me. And, right. But there are certain situations where that's not always the best strategy to go to right away mm-hmm. to start cross-examining your own thoughts right away. In, in particular, there's, there's a certain type of person who is so harsh with themselves, so judgmental, right. that even cross-examining their own thoughts in a helpful way easily just gets them right back into worry and rumination. Yeah, or it can be brutal in itself, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. like, you dummy, how, how could you have such a dumb thought? Yeah, right? I need to be more mindful about what an idiot I am. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I think mindfulness can be a really brief way to just step back and go, oh, you know what? Like, that's not helpful. I want to go this way instead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think another more subtle but important aspect of mindfulness is realizing that mindfulness is a useful gear all of its own. Like you, you can go for more than just a split second in mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Like you can just try and be aware and observant of things and not really think about much of anything, just kind of observe things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a, you know, for a decent stretch of time. And I think that's something we don't, again, cause we're, 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 we're all thinkers. We think all day long, like we're right. in school or we're in work constantly. We're solving problems. We're judging, analyzing all that kind of stuff. So that's just, it's like the water we swim in. We don't even notice it. Right. Right. But the thing about that kind of intense work-like thinking is that it's kind of exhausting. Like even if it's not irrational and leading to all sorts of depression and anxiety, like it gets exhausting to be in like intense thinking mode all the time. And so for a lot of my clients who just suffer from kind of stress and like burnout, mindfulness can also be, even if they don't have really unhelpful thinking patterns, for instance, just developing this different gear of, you know, kind of shutting off that like intense thinking mode mm-hmm. and just going into a slower kind of more observant mode. Purely observation. Yeah. Can yeah. be really helpful and like calming and relaxing, especially if you're kind of, kind of a type A person who's just sort of by default is always like on and going. Mm-hmm. Learning that you, you know, again, it's like, it, you may have a Ferrari and if you have a Ferrari, it's awesome going super fast in a Ferrari, right? But at some point it's, it's still kind of stressful. If you have to drive through a school zone and you insist on going 60 miles an hour, that's <laughs> stressful and borderline dangerous, right? <laughs> if you're, if, it, if there's a snowstorm and you're going down a mountain, going 60 miles an hour is going to be really stressful. Yeah. So no matter like what kind of car you have, no matter what your situation in life is, I think there are always times when we all can benefit from a, like a, a lower kind of gear, mental mm-hmm. gear, mm-hmm. that kind of purely observational. So I think, I think mindfulness helps with that. It's like, it's like recognizing and learning how to be in that other gear, which mm-hmm. seems really foreign if you're used to being in thinking mode all the time. Well, and, and I think it's a way hopefully to kind of emotionally and, and somewhat cognitively detach from whatever it is that's going on in that moment to just purely that observational mm-hmm. and, and hopefully those observations you make mm, can inform future behavior. Sure. Whatever it is. Yeah. Okay. We got a few more minutes left. What do you make of, we've talked about mindfulness. Um, what do you make of mindfulness meditation? Mindfulness often goes hand in hand with the idea of meditating. Um, 
there's lots of, this is a thing I get a lot of questions from, from well, clients about. Yeah, these are hard because mindfulness has a hundred definitions, not a hundred, but quite a few. <laughs> Meditation has many definitions mm-hmm. uh, and many varieties. Um, what do you I'm, say though, if a client comes in and says, you know what, I, I think I should start doing mindfulness meditation. What do you think about that? What, what for? To what end? Mm-hmm. I guess is what I would say. Well, I, I, I want to have less anxiety. I want to be calmer. <laughs> okay. Great. That's a good goal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Then, then you'd want to organize the meditation and mindfulness around how that would help them reduce anxiety or mm-hmm. alleviate some anxiety. I'm all for it. I, I think meditation is a way to practice mindfulness. Maybe hmm. that would be my conceptualization of it. Damn it, Todd. That's exactly my definition. <laughs> Yeah, I think of, so a classic kind of meditate, there are, like you said, tons of different versions of meditation, but a very classic mindfulness meditation is you, you sit down, you close your eyes and you try and hold your attention on your breath, Mm -hmm. like what it feels like literally for air to come in through your nose, fill up your lungs and come out through your mouth again. Just observe with the physical sensations of breathing. Mm -hmm. Now this is incredibly hard to do actually because of thinking mode your mind constantly is going to be throwing all sorts of thoughts at you from, you know, what your friends think of you to what you forgot to pick up the grocery store to just all sorts of stuff. All distractions. It's amazingly hard to keep your attention focused on just observing something rather than thinking about things. So I think far from a, a, you know, kind of weird new agey hippie uh, spiritual exercise, (laughs) Which, nothing against mindfulness as a spiritual exercise, if that's your thing, right? But there are plenty of people who could benefit from mindfulness meditation in a totally non-spiritual fashion. Mm -hmm. And all it means is, I think it's a really intense form of practice for mindfulness. Right. Now, I I might go so far as to say this is a way to increase your ability to focus your attention. Yes. Among other things. I think it does a couple other things, but I think that's a big... Right. It strengthens that muscle. So, so that you're less likely to be distracted in your real life by superfluous things. Yep. Yeah, if you think about it, look back to our car metaphor. <laughs> right. driving, in, of course. driving in sixth gear or driving in first gear or driving in reverse are not actually the hard part about... Well, if, if you're driving a standard anyway. Like the hard part about learning to drive a standard is shifting between gears. Right. That's the hard part. Right. Right. It's going from fifth gear. Once you're in there, you're good. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're in it, it's fine. Right. The hard part is shifting. Getting out of one gear purposefully to another. So what mindfulness meditation does is it's like repeated reps practicing shifting out because you're constantly going to get distracted by thoughts. Do you, can you notice that and then bring your attention back to this one thing? And you're, that's like an intense workout for that muscle, that it's mental like muscle. Attentional focus exercise. It's attentional training. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's how I think of mindfulness meditation. Yeah. It's just an intense kind of workout for your attention muscle. We agree again. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so another thing, though, it, 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 it helps you work out that focus muscle, keeping your mind focused on. Mm-hmm. But it, I think the other cool thing that it does is it it helps you build that a similar but distinct skill, which is noticing when you're distracted, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is different, right? Yeah. The, if you might want to refocus your attention on something different, but before you can do that, you got to know that you're distracted, right? that you're in some other habitual, unhelpful way of thinking. And so that, that awareness is the other skill that I think mindfulness meditation helps you build and get better at. 
Well, and then you get kind of, to, to extend our metaphor, going in and out of a gear, right? I, mm-hmm. I can attend to and focus on a gear. Yep. Or I can realize I need to detach from this gear and go to this gear. Um, but it also helps the detachment part. Yes. Right? Right. So, so you can help focus or help detach. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your attention, your focus. Yep. Yeah, noticing you're in one gear is a skill, and then shifting to another gear is a different skill. Well, and letting go of one gear, right? Because mm. so many people maybe, you know, especially with rumination or worry, at first it's really hard to get out of that gear. And the more you practice with mindfulness, the easier it is to go, oh, I'm worrying. I know how to shift out of this gear and do a more functional gear. Well, that's um, a that's a great yeah. point. I think that is the hard thing about shifting. Shifting into the new gear isn't actually hard. It's resisting getting pulled back into the old gear. Right. I right. think that's the hard part. Getting out of that other gear. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, so my final, my closing thought would be mindfulness is actually, it's a very mechanical kind of ordinary process. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really useful skill, mental skill to have. And mindfulness generally and, and mindfulness meditation are are good ways to build that mental muscle, which whether you struggle with depression or stress or anxiety or anger or anything else, it's really useful to have more control over your attention. Especially because our minds think up all sorts of thoughts that we don't need to spend a lot of time (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.